The following podcast is brought to you by the BICBP Radio Network. Section 6 WrestleCast, your home for Section 6 Wrestling Talk, right here on the BICBP Radio Network. I am Matt Johnson, your host, and I am super excited to speak with today's guest. He is an absolutely legendary, blah, legendary coach and an even greater human being. I am joined by Coach Dan Fire. Coach, thank you for welcoming, welcoming me into your home, thank and you. Uh, thank you for joining me on the show. I appreciate you. Well, I appreciate you calling me up. This uh. is Sounds like this will be fun. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a good time. There's going to be a good time. There's there's lots to talk about. You've had uh, you know you've had quite the career, and it continues. Uh, you know, I would have to say, right? You're still helping out it, and to some extent. Yeah, um, Coach Wally's a head varsity coach, and uh, uh, Coach Tony's a JV coach, and uh, Benji's a modified coach, and uh, and Coach uh, Wally is uh, I'm, uh, allowed me to stay on as an assistant. Oh, good. In the background. Um, he sure does run the show up there, um, as far as that goes, uh, uh, and does a great job at it. But yes, I'm still involved with that, and also involved with the uh, president of the uh, North Carolina Wrestling Club. Okay. That my twin brother and I, Dave Fire, who's a uh, Hall of Fame coach at Tonawana and North Carolina Wrestling, <laughs> uh, we started that in '91. Okay. And uh, and then I'm still involved with that, and that's oh. still going strong. We had 70 kids in the club last year. That's so important. It's yeah, the it's the, the kids' clubs are huge for any you know overall program. Well, it's an advantage for for anybody who wants to pursue it in, in high school. It, just like uh, baseball or, or football, you know, mm-hmm. the little league uh, part of it, the clubs. Um, it is a great advantage, and it's something great to do during the winter. Yeah, that's for sure. That's kind of why I like doing it. <laughs> I like doing the wrestling thing, for sure. Uh, you were kind of, you know, recently at the at the center point of something really, really cool. And we talked a little bit about it before we got on air. But uh, recently, uh, a former wrestler of yours, Scotty Klepp, um, you know, had an unfortunate medical issue. And you came to him, uh, you know, being the great man that you are, and got a bunch of people together and presented him with a letterman jacket, his first letterman jacket of his life. Uh, I mean, beautiful First and foremost, how did that all come together? Well, um, Scotty, I, I stayed in uh, touch with Scotty. He lives right here in, in North Tonawanda and uh, works at Budways for over 20 years, uh, pushing carts there. And uh, I see him every Tuesday when I take a veteran to uh, groceries. But uh, Scotty had a stroke. And um, right now, he wrestled with the uh, 95 wrestling team back then. Um, to back up the story a little quick, Scotty was a special kid. He was primed for being bullying. And, uh, but when he came out for wrestling, um, trust me, those guys weren't easy on him. And, but they never broke his spirit. And, uh, and that made everything gel on that team. And uh, he became the focal point, especially when he won a match. It was just like we won the sectionals. <laughs> but Scotty, um, uh, and that was back in 95, and he had to wrestle three section six champs back then all winter long so he, he had a tough he earned his jacket he earned his letter but um 
uh, yeah, he did have that. He did have a stroke, and uh, when I went to see him, uh, it, it just a few days after his stroke, and he, all he's talking about is this varsity jacket he wish he had. And uh, and I went home and I thought about it, and uh, and actually I pretended to be him. Uh, and uh, trust me, uh, 15 seconds acting like you have one leg, one arm going. That's all. The anxiety is unbelievable. Um, but his spirit is unbelievable. Uh, we could all learn from it. So I, uh, I thought that I'd throw it out there on Facebook, which is uh, stay in touch with a lot of the guys on the team, and, and ask them if they'd like to be part of uh, getting a jacket for Scotty, a varsity jacket he never had. And uh, I woke up the next morning, and I had I wanted 300 bucks, 350 bucks, and I woke up, and I had $1,200 waiting of course it, it came in handy we got him some socks underwear sh- shorts uh work a cd player it's user friendly uh ipad so the money came in great it was a blessing how that all gelled together um getting it together for scotty uh, but that's just how the wrestling community is and I, i've witnessed that in 40 years of coaching uh, of stories just like this and uh and, and we have one here at nt it's Unbelievable. That made me happy. I, I've known Scotty for a number of years through my works with, you know, pro wrestling. And I know, you know, just how he's just a great guy. Yeah. He's just a great guy. Sometimes misunderstood. Yeah, well, he is special. He's, um, but under that layer, if you really listen to him, I don't know, back in the day, if you listen to Popeye cartoons, you really had to listen to Popeye real close. But he was pretty clever if you listened to those little speaks he had. Yeah. Well, Scotty's the same way. Uh, underneath that, uh, if you really listen to him, he knows everything. We had an exchange student that came in at Russell, and he was telling about his country and, and the capital and everything else. I mean, uh, Scotty is a very intelligent uh, guy. Um, and, yeah, he c- can be taken the wrong way, but uh, once you get to know him, you love him. Yeah. And it was just like when he wrestled. He didn't win a lot of matches, but he won a lot of hearts. And, and you just can't uh, you can't take that away from Scotty. No, not at all. That's that's what that's what the wrestling community is all about. And I'm really glad that everything yeah. kind of came came forward, worked out that way, and got to help Scotty. I, I seen the video on Facebook. The presentation was beautiful. He was elated, you know, just absolutely elated. Which is, you know, it's it's good to see that, you know. And, and you said before that you might have been waiting for that on that thing for a long time. Yeah, he has. Well, that's uh, those are one of the good things about coaching, and you get to experience things like that with uh, your wrestlers so uh, um, I'm, I'm glad that's worked out but uh, through the years of wrestling it's uh, I've shaken hands with uh, lawyers doctors uh, homeowners uh, uh, hard-working people uh, private owners and they were all my wrestlers and, and, uh, and that's just neat I'm trauma nurses I can go on preachers I can go on and they all came across my wrestling mat. Not that I had anything to do with it, but it's just a joy to know that you had kids that came into your wrestling mat and turned out to be what they are today. Yeah, um, it's it's just nice to know that they did. Right. You know, not that you helped do it. It's just nice to know that they did. Oh, it's great to see that guy did, turned out good. <laughs> that's that's what's all good. So, uh, and it's not what you do or what you say for somebody. It's how you make them feel. Yeah, they'll remember you the most. I mean, uh, you and I have a great experience of that. Uh, I'm standing in the, sitting in the corner wanting a, a, a match against Niagara Falls, and there's this guy over there beaming me with this light. And uh, <laughs> That's right. That was our first experience. <laughs> and uh, 
I didn't jump on you for blinding me out. I, I said, we joked it off, right? So it's how I made you feel, you we remember. We did, right? yeah, that's 100% true. You know what, yeah. it, it, and I, I tell people this all the time, you know, I I didn't even know you, and you were just, you were, you were, you were an, just a gentleman about everything. You made me laugh, and, you know, ever since that one time, it's, you know, every time we see each other, big hug, you know, yeah. hey, how you doing, and just a, just a really great relationship. So I mean, right. that just—I mean, that just speaks to your character alone well, too. It, it was a bright light. It was. <laughs> I have brighter now. I you spent some money. Work. I got some brighter flashes yeah. now. No, you so, did a great job. With thank that, you. Though. Yeah, you did. Thank you. Um, and speaking of the falls, they've always had a great program all the way back. You know, wrestled against the falls when I was a kid, and you know, Mel Cunningham back in the day, the oh, state yeah. champ yeah. in the '60s, and. And you, you know, then uh, Coach Sweeney had had the falls back then when I was coaching back in the nineties. Yeah, and, and so that was a good rival, and uh, so the falls was a lot of fun. You know, it really was. Yeah, we're not, we're okay, we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing good over there. They're doing yeah. a good job. They got great, great coaching staff. I love their coaching staff. Oh, they were the too. first to give me an opportunity to uh, kind of come back in around wrestling a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and I've been just forever grateful for them. Yeah. Coach Egan McCoy and uh, you know Gene Cola, of course. I didn't, have, I didn't get to see you wrestle because you you uh, graduated a year after I came back the second time, but your your brother wrestled. Yeah, he did for a little bit. Yeah, yep. yeah, he wrestled against me. He won that match too, by the way. He did. Yeah, he got match. hurt after that. That was yeah. that was his last match, I think. But yeah, he, uh, it was a, I mean, it was a cool moment for him. It was because it was uh, who's going to reach the deepest because they were flipping each other pretty good there, back to back. Yeah, and he ended up on top that last time. He got yeah. that last grunt and he, he pulled I it through. Have that video somewhere. It was. Yeah. I mean, that was a. It was just a great overall dual match too. Yeah, it was yeah, a great you, match. you were right. Yeah. You know that it did come come down to that mm-hmm. and. It's just it was good to see that atmosphere at a wrestling match. Yeah. I I don't remember that from one of my high school days. That's the fun of uh, witnessing matches and you're in the corner like that. It, it, the, the guy that reaches in so deep and then pulls it out. You see guys that win matches that are five points down, hits a head and arm, takes him to his back. I mean, you know, you see some crazy stuff out there. I mean, I've seen a match where I, I had a wrestler who was ready to go to state, and I, all he had to do was uh, stay away, and uh, he dove in and for a take another takedown, and the guy countered, and, oh. and uh, he lost it. But, I mean, but... Uh, you see all kinds of en- crazy endings, is what I'm saying. Yeah. You witnessed a lot of great stuff. Uh, I have seen in a the lot corner. of. Yeah, no, no, you definitely have. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 an interesting interesting perspective, you know, that you really don't can't don't know, and, or could appreciate being in the stands or even wrestling on the mat. There's just a it's a very cool perspective of it. You know, you, you've seen a lot of hands raised in your day, a lot of personal accomplishments for your wrestlers. You know, in the brief time that I coached, you know, I, I seen that as well. And it it feels good to sit in that coach's chair when that, that sort of thing happens. It is. It is. Uh, um, but I have to, I have to uh, really confess, uh, up in the trenches, up in the wrestling room, uh, is where I see the real bars set. Right. And, uh, it's the guys that don't make it to the finals, the guys that don't get to uh, uh, ever get a medal, really. But they reached the bar before they left that season. Yeah. And nobody witnesses that, but I do, or, or coaches do. Right. That that kid, he was, was no, pretty bad, yeah. you know. But you know what? He came on pretty good. Maybe next year, you know, right. it'll come on even better. And you do see it come on better. And you'll see a kid that wasn't doing good, and maybe he'll be a third-place kid the rest of his life. But uh, 
uh, he got up there. He worked that his, was his he worked bar. his tail off for it. You yes. know, and, and he probably didn't know his bar was that high. Yeah. So those bars there that, that you see in the practice room set are just as exciting as the the guy seeing the guy getting raised hands. That's fair. So that's it's fair. Uh, I like I that love perspective. It yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, so I mean, like I said, you've been around Western New York wrestling for for quite some time as a coach, as a wrestler, um, and I kind of want to you know open up the door to kind of let people you know just kind of learn a little bit about you. Uh, your early you know early days wrestling. Your own personal wrestling days. You wrestled for NT as well. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, well, I, my brother Guy wrestled for. Uh, uh, he was the first one that wrestled for NT in our family. Uh, my dad, back in the CC days, uh, uh, in the CCC camps during the Depression days, he wrestled and was a champ in that camp. Oh, really? So he's our first champ in the family. Oh. But my brother Guy was an undefeated uh, Section Six champ. In 64 for North Tonawanda. He's a Hall of Fame. So he came along for it. But when he was in high school, my twin brother and I got involved with wrestling. And our first matches is Coach George Miller from Tonawanda. Okay. He put on a couple clinics two summers. And, uh, and that was, uh, I get on it, got into that tournament. My twin brother did. I took a first, he took a third. And then the next year, I took a third and he took a first. <laughs> so we switched medals this next year. But uh, <laughs> that was our first experience wrestling. And then uh, in seventh, eighth grade, there wasn't any modified. There wasn't really anything back then. But Coach Joe Rotundo of North Honawanda at that time would let my twin brother and I come up into the wrestling room and okay. watch and maybe fool around a little bit, you know. But we get the, we got a taste of it up there until our ninth grade. And then I got on a team at NT and then. My sophomore year, I was captain of the wrestling team, took second in uh, Section 6, Class A. Oh, no kidding. Uh, against Gary Cum of Kemmer East. Then my junior year, I was yanked out of NT and had to move to Virginia and wrestle. And uh, I went to Oscar Smith there. Um, well, you heard of the Granby Roll? Yes. Okay, the Granby Roll, I had to go against the school, Granby High School who invented that role, Coach oh, Martin. Oh, no and kidding. His, and his boys wrestled, uh, who went on to be NCAA champs. So uh, the Grammy role, I had to go against. So wrestling was pretty high-tech down there. Here I come out of here, second in <laughs> Class A, and I go down there and wrestle my first match on JV. Oh. It, it was, uh, they had leg wrestling. They were just a little more advanced than we were, but uh, by the following week, the wrestling off, I never looked back. And Ooh. I was on it and then end on we were district champions, okay. 69, my senior year. And uh, I got injured in my shoulder, and that finished me off for, as far as competing for state. Oh. And then um, I healed up good enough to get a physical to join the United States Air Force. And then I went into service and went to Vietnam. But uh, and my career was over with until I got back out of service and um, and jumped into coaching. Right, right. So you said obviously, obviously you're wrestling brothers. Everybody big wrestling family. Yes. So I mean, how important was the sport to you guys? Was that like your bond? Uh, you know, was that the biggest aspect of your bond? Is, is wrestling amongst each other? Well, um, it turned out to be our favorite sport. But it, the bottom line is, I don't think we were any different than any other kid growing up. We just like to do sports, right? I think we just like to compete. And that's why I like to put it into my kids. I mean, we, they all come up there wanting to compete. 
But I want to come up there wanting to love to compete because that's how I think I was when I was a kid. I just loved to compete. I don't care what kind of sport it was. Yeah. We competed in hula hoops, <laughs> we, anything. You know, that's just how it went. You know. Right. But when wrestling came along, that grappling was fun. You know, so, so we, we just jumped on board on that. Like I say, my brother Guy was successful with it, and we were proud of him. And and I said, hey, we want to do that. You know, so uh, and we did. And so it, it came. The focal point uh, was wrestling. I mean, now my brother Guy, he's in the Hall of Fame of uh, football too, and besides oh, okay. wrestling, and both. So I mean, uh, and he did track also. But uh, no, it's uh, it was it's just I think we were just like any other kid. It just loved to compete, and so uh, wrestling was the ended up to being the best the best way best way to go in our our family. Could you um, kind of paint a picture as to what uh, Section Six wrestling was like back then? How many schools? Um, how deep were teams essentially? Because I mean, now that there's most, you know, most teams that are, are pretty well stocked. There are a few that unfortunately suffer from kid shortages. But what, how, how was, what were like the roster sizes back then? Well, um, that, that that's a pretty good question. Well, first of all, you're talking back in the '60s and the communication back then. You were on dial phones, right? There was no cell phone. Anything <laughs> yeah. you got was in the paper a week late, you know. So right. communication was tough as far as the northern tier and the southern tier with the high schools and things. Um, wrestling was getting going up, getting up pretty good in the '60s, early '60s on up. It was climbing pretty good. Um, your southern tier teams, the Pioneer and down there, were doing tough, but um, it. What I remember, uh, mainly as far as Section 6, is our area up here, Section 6, uh, uh, the western New, New York area, uh, and the large schools, you know, the Hamburg, I remember Hamburg schools back then, and Ken East, Ken West, uh, those schools. The size is uh, pretty much the same in right. the NFL. What, Tonawana was still in with us and things like that. Um, but the teams were, were pretty good size. I mean, they were good size. They had a JV and varsity team. Even back in those days, in the paper, they would – Put the uh, uh, the whole uh, match in there of the JV and varsity. They would do JV too. Yeah, the whole team and their their wins losses. Uh, it was uh, a full coverage of both teams back then. So Man, things that part changed. was great. Yeah. Um, uh, but the it, the wrestling part was uh, we didn't wrestle many matches. We wrestled twelve matches a year. There wasn't any tournaments. There's no tournaments. Okay. So you you wrestled your NFL matches and you went to the that uh, NFL uh, uh, tournament and the sectional, and that was it. It was over. No kidding. So it was a it was a pretty short season. Not like I mean, so. What are you wrestling? Twelve, fourteen matches, fifteen matches. Today you're wrestling forty. Forty. I've seen people hit the fifty and sixty marks. And, and you know, it, it which can is, happen. It's wild. so. It's uh, the wrestler of today is totally a different wrestler of of yesterday. The wrestler of yesterday is a wrestler of an instinct that caught on. Boom, right a quick because you only had 12 matches to prove it. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's, that's true. That's you, know, you, you know, you get you got 40 matches to get to the top by state, you know, or to get up there and be a contender. Yeah. It, and you're getting a lot more mat time than you, you ever had back in the 60s and that. So uh, in that respect, there is a big, big difference of between now and then. But um, as far as heart, dedication, and the brawls back then, as far as matches, uh, they were pretty good. Uh, um, they were good matches. Yeah, I mean, I was going to answer it too. The 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 quality, I guess, because sometimes, unfortunately, we see at the at the varsity level, you know, JV kids who may not be ready for that point getting thrown up into a situation that they, well, they that they're not ready for. Essentially, what what was the uh, 
Well, the, yeah, the, yeah. The technique back then, it, you know, you had your head and arm, which was always a confidence for anybody, right? It's a, a backyard move, but it works. <laughs> I mean, you still see an NCAA, somebody will hit one. Yeah. But back then, you'll see that uh, you'll see a cradle, uh, you'll, and you'll see a half Nelson. Right. You know, a double leg, a single leg. Mine was my favorite was the fireman's carry. I just loved that move. Yeah. That was my move. But uh, and and, uh, and and a switch. Oh, okay. You, know, uh, you never seen much of a standing switch, but you see guys do switches all the time and counter switch, and you know, and then try and run a half, and um, so it wasn't real high tech. Right. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of arm bars and a lot of tilts that you see today. That I mean, I, like I say, I've been coaching for forty years, and I'm still learning this stuff, <laughs> and I'm not lying. It's yeah. the truth. There's just so much stuff out it's there. It's why. Yeah, it's why. Even even today, improved what's what's they've done in the sixties. Yeah. I mean, even a half. Uh, half Nelson is not just a half anymore. There's there's no, so many ways to attack that. Digging half. your forearm into the bat, power <laughs> half. It, it's, you know? it's very. And look at your cradles. I mean, it's just not one cradle. There's all kinds of cradles. You know? Inside, yeah, so, oh yeah, it's wild. Yeah, so there's uh, the technique is a lot a lot intense now than it was back then. But it's um, uh, the action, the fun of it, and the excitement was is equal. Good, I'd say. All right. Now you're saying that, like I said, it was only that that little stretch of of matches to kind of get. What was that? What was the entire process of making it to the state? Was it class? Do they have a sectional tournament back then and then state? Or yeah, there was. Yeah, you had class and then you had to, just like it is now. Okay, sectional and then you went on to state. Okay. Yeah. What were the uh, the off season program? Was there a, an abundance of off season programs back in the day? Um, you know, kind of like your North Tonawanda's club or Power Cats or, or any of that. What, was there an extra place for people to go to? Not when I was growing up, no. Okay. No. Um, I, I, Coach Rotundo I put on a little clinic over at the uh, North Tonawanda Boys Club on Vandiver Street back in the day. Uh, um, and then, like I say, uh, Coach Miller yeah. did a little thing in the summer. Right. But that was it. And oh, the doors God. were open and closed that quick. There wasn't really a, a, a real functioning thing. Um my coaching career started in Kansas, okay, and uh, back in the seventies, and uh, and uh, th- that was my first experience with uh, clubs in the U- in USA wrestling. But then it was Kansas, uh, Kansas kids wrestling. There was a lot of different organizations, as they are today, Nyway now and, and stuff. But, oh, uh, yeah, there's so much. But they are, it it's uh, things change. Yeah, they certainly have. Um, so after high school, right, you joined the Air Force. Uh, and you actually just recently were the recipient of a Purple Heart? Is it? Well, I, um, yeah, they had a recognition ceremony in North uh, Niagara County of all the Purple Heart veterans of Niagara County. And, um, and uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and they uh, recognized us this, this week right. uh, for that. But uh, I received the Purple Heart in Vietnam okay. in, in uh, July 5th of 71. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, your, your military service being in the Air Force, how did it pave the way for you? Did, well, did it essentially pave the way for you to, to really coach or did you have the bug, the coaching bug before then? You know, I was thinking about this earlier today and it's funny you brought that up, but <laughs> no, what I was really thinking was, you know, I said, wrestlers really make good soldiers of all the wrestlers I've known. They've made good soldiers. Um, I had a wrestler, um, Sean Arntz. He wrestled for me. He played hockey and wrestled in the same season. How did he do that? And he was the last kid to do it at NT. He was doing two sports in the winter, hockey and wrestling. That is amazing. Well, that kid went on to be a Green Beret. He's still in the service uh, today, uh, a good soldier. Right. 
Tony Kuhn, who wrestled for me, who's a coach over at yes. Niagara Wheatfield. Yep. His boys are wrestling. You, you see his boys are wrestling for Wheatfield. Uh, two-time bronze star. That guy. Wow. A good soldier. Yeah. You know, and uh, uh, um, I have other guys that came that are still on the service today uh, that went in. Walters is in there now and uh, um, others. I could just name them, but they're all good soldiers. So yeah. wrestlers make good soldiers. Now, um, did that – I just love the sport. Um, it was an opportunity. I love the sport of wrestling. And when it was an opportunity to get back into it, um, when I was in Kansas, uh, Dick Burns uh, – Bonner Springs High School. He's a legend like uh, Catcher Tory. Oh, oh, that he's big one, huh? Yeah, he's 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 up there with Catch at, at Bonner Springs. He is state champs all over, everywhere. He called me up and asked me if I would um, help out with the club. Okay. And that was my first coaching experience back then. And I stayed with that club for uh, for many years. Uh, we even were ranked 25, 20, in the top 25 in the nation. Uh, it was a great club. I had a lot of, a lot of kids there. I had a kid, uh, and then I um, uh, that went on to be a state champ, a national champ, international champ. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, and he was. Uh, uh, but anyways, uh, so I had a lot of success uh, watching kids out there have fun with their careers. But um, uh, then I came back this way and coached there. Okay. What oh, what year did you officially come back? Uh, my first time I started coaching back here was 1990. 1990. Yeah. Okay. That was, um, let's see. Well, 95 was the big year for NT, Yeah, that's correct? when we took sectional. Dan Paulson took state, and uh, uh, Scott Bernard was the MVP, uh, MVP at the sectionals. Okay. Yeah. I always hear, I mean, I, a lot of stuff. When we talk talk with them about that. When I talk NT wrestling with a lot of people, they always allude to that, you know, that era. That that was a, a great run back then with uh, my twin brother Dave. It, it started out with my cousin Butch, who was a track a cross country coach at Niagara University for the girls team. And uh, I needed a coach. My twin brother was at Tonawana, but he didn't want to come over yet because his boys were wrestling. Right. So I said, "Well, I really just need a condition coach." <laughs> so I asked my cousin Butch and James Fire, who also was a two time NFL. Uh, track coach championship at NT. He has two championship teams in the NFL coaching NT track. Uh, so he came aboard uh, for two years with me and did my conditioning. Joe Hooley will tell you about about him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I love hearing stories about Joe. I already heard one from Coach Hoover. It wasn't a very good story, but I, I did used to work for Joe. So I'm, I love hearing stories about any anything I can hear about Joe. So. Yeah, but well, as you know, Joe is a true dedicated lumberjack wrestler. Oh, he's all great. The way through. He's and, great. Uh, he was the last one to wear tights at North Tonawanda. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he can let you know about that. <laughs> <laughs> he was the last one, yeah. But uh, Joe had it. His senior year, he should have went all the way. He had his, he had his injuries. Um, but uh, I, I sure loved his spirit. And uh, it was great coaching him with him for six years. Oh, it was just a, a, a fun run with him a second. If I couldn't be with my twin brother, couldn't pick a better coach to be with. But yeah. was Joe. It was a fun run. That's awesome. But, uh, yeah, so then, uh, uh, well, my first run with them, I got into NT, you know, being from NT. We, man, I, said, I just love to see this team get ranked. Yeah. I love to see this team get a, win a tournament. I want to I take a kid to state. You know, big goals. I mean, you know, of course, you want so, you always want to be that guy. So we did get ranked, 
and we did take a kid to state, and he did win it. And uh, we did beat Tonawanda. Yeah. We wasn't beaten in 20 years. You know, and uh, so we reached our goals. Uh, those guys didn't work hard. We would never work, made those goals, but they made them. And when I came back the second time, I had those same goals. I wanted to beat Tonawanda. I wanted, I wanted to turn them. I wanted to get ranked. I wanted to take kids to state. Yeah. And uh, God bless them. They gave it to me again. And uh, and we did. We we, we got ranked. Uh, we got ranked uh, at the end there. We were ranked fourth, section six, class A. Right. And uh, so, and we beat Tonawanda, and we went to state, you know, uh, with the Troy Keller. Troy, and, yep. And, uh, he went twice, and um, so it, it was a, a great run the second time around. Um, and Bruce, Tyler Bruce. Yes, yes. Um, he got injured at the end, but he toughed it out and still pulled out a sixth place at state, and that was a, that was a great that's run. That's right, because him and Irvin, I think, were battling around that time. Yeah, Irvin sure Buck, were. yep. Sure were. Let's yeah, a- Tyler was a great wrestler, too. He was a, he was a great wrestler. And then, of course, Troy and all the success with he's having Mac Champ and yeah, uh, he was oh, the NC State, very happy to see all junior, that uh, junior college national champ and uh, uh, he's he's everything's just going right right now for him and I just I'm happy to see it yeah because he's you know, we're talking about wrestlers before about kids club uh, he's he's the protege of of all that right now um, he started out there and his dad ran that club for a long time and and and. Uh, and all that turned out to be a lot of success for him. Yeah. It paid off. He, he, he's up there now working. He's at UB, and uh, he's got another couple of shots. And, <laughs> and uh, that is uh, Millie we're hearing. Uh, that's my watchdog. <laughs> she just turned nine. She must have heard my wife come downstairs. Yeah. Very protective. But, yeah, so that was great. And like I said, this, uh, back then with the – uh, Greg Pistori, uh, Ian Snyder, uh, those guys back then. It was, it was a great run. It was, uh, I was blessed to have those boys. Oh, I bet that that '90s run you guys had. I was, I was like hearing about the scene then. Cause, I mean, that's, I like doing my homework. There's a lot of information available on, on the internet, you know. And and I know, I think, I think '95 Izzy might have taken over LaSalle. May, it, I'm not 100 percent sure. He was at LaSalle. He was at LaSalle. Yeah. Um, but I mean, who were the powerhouses back then in the '90s? Well, obviously uh, Niagara Weefield was. Yeah, uh, and and, and uh, Lewis and Porter was. Lou Porter too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They uh, uh, the the Price brothers. Yes. And, yes. Uh, he went. He went from there to. Um, he ended up at Orchard Park. I think his last coaching stint was. But anyways, when he was there, they had a great run, and. Uh, what happened then was they beat Niagara Weefield. Oh. And they came into us, and we beat them. But we lost to Weefield. Oh, and they fun. <laughs> so that was a weird tie. end up there. So <laughs> uh, that's how that ended up. But um, So that was a fun run. But back then in the 90s, all those NFL teams, Lewis and Porter and T, um, they were all – most of them were ranked in the in the in Western New York. Right. It was a tough league. It was a real tough league. Yeah, I, I mean, I still find it to be that today. Uh, most definitely, like um, it is. You know, every everybody 
I guess every year there's like somebody kind of new in the mix. It, it certainly feels like. Well, yeah, you see it through the years. Some some schools have been uh, fortunate enough to be consistent, like uh, Wheatfield and and Lockport had a long, long run of consistency, and so did Lewport. Yeah, um, but you, now they hit some valleys. Um, not so much. I mean, Lockport did, and uh, Lewis and Porter, and and, and we've hit valleys. Uh, you've seen it through ours. Uh, uh, we got ranked with a team with with two vacancies. Oh wow! Uh, um, so, and we beat Tonawana with two vacancies, and we won tournaments with two vacancies, and team tournaments with two vacancies. Um, but uh, yeah, you, you walk in with twelve points down. It's tough, but always don't try and push it any further. <laughs> you know, not not a, not pretty. But it, but the, yeah, the teams do. They the, the numbers are down um, in some areas. The numbers are up. Uh, Southern Tiers don't seem to be having too much problem, but there, as now you're seeing mergers. Yes, yes, I have seen. Yeah, quite a few of that. I know. Uh, oh, was it Dunkirk? Just they had just gotten a team a few years ago, and they're merged already. If I'm not mistaken, who they merged or, with? Or was it Dunkirk? Was it Roy Hart and uh, Roy Hart. Oh, Roy Hart. And Roy Hart's another one that's that got merged. I remember they were a pretty big squad when I was in high school. Yeah. Um, but that's what's going on is uh, um, uh, to survive things and because uh, uh, the numbers are down. Uh, I don't know if that, if you could say it's a – the sport is a tough sport. Yes. It really is. It is. It, it's a tough sport. And there's a lot of competition out there. And like, and that gets back to uh, finding somebody who loves to compete. And, and you find those ones that love to compete, you'll find them on the wrestling mat. Yes. They'll come up there because those guys want to go one-on-one. And anybody, and they know that there's somebody else out there at Section Six at their weight class, wanting to go one on one with them. Yeah, and that keeps them fired up at practice, which is good to see. You know, in this this day and age, I mean, I I, I feel like I've seen it all in my two years of coaching. Some of the ex- <laughs> some of the you know some of the excuses I've heard for missing practice and some other things. You know, I've. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I've seen. I feel like I've heard a lot of the excuses, like so many excuses uh, <laughs> over the years, as to why kids like miss practice, events, and stuff. Um, I think there's been a bit of a change in attitude with I think the majority of kids, not so much wrestle, you know, specific wrestlers, the die diehard dedicated ones, but um, I think overall, the I don't know, I just don't feel like they're coming out as as they used to for for the sport. Well. Uh... Yeah, it's it's tough. It's a tough road, uh, and you need support. But it, then it falls back to your clubs. Right. Your clubs are your feeder programs, and uh, and that's what mostly a lot of high school teams are relying on today. So that's um, that's it's something we have to deal with. But uh, I don't know. It's uh, I I think the sport is still intact. Um, there was. Uh, a lot, you see a lot of great wrestling. Uh, flow wrestling, uh, there's wrestling all year round. Uh, you can find it everywhere. So it's there. Yeah. You know. um, it's just that uh, you need help with programs. You get good coaches, and I think we have some of the, the greatest coaches right now that he's ever agree. had. Yeah. And uh, we got a great AD that came in. And, uh, so, uh, and that's a big help. Your athletic director helping you uh, promote your programs in your school, whatever the sport. Uh, to keep them intact and going. Right. So, 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 I mean, I think this is a good lead into this. Uh, you know, like you said, in the 90s, you came in and, and had to build up NT's numbers. 
uh, essentially. What was your strategy going into that? Because, I mean, maybe it, it could help somebody who's – or a team or, or a school essentially that's going through that. What was your strategy to to really boost those numbers up? Well, uh, I, I, actually, I went in the halls. I went in the weight rooms. Uh, scouting. I just went up to kids and asked them. I said, hey, why don't you come out for wrestling, you know, and uh, show them some interest. And uh, – and some will say, "No, I'm going out for I'm going out for basketball." And uh, I said, "Well, great." I said, "Work on your three pointer." You know, I'm glad it's going out for something. Yeah. You know, but uh, and I'd move on to the next kid. But uh, then you find a group, and then they finally get together, and, and they like the sport. My practices were tough, but they were fun. Um, I never, ever, uh, in 42 years of play, what I've been coaching now, ever kicked a kid out of my my team, kicked a kid off my team, never. Um, they've walked, uh, they couldn't take it or they didn't want to do it or whatever the reasons were for leaving, but it wasn't me that made them leave. I never said you're out of here. Right. This team. Um, but, um, so, uh, that's just, it's just a strategy that you use. It's, uh, but the kids start clinging to you and some kids like it and it gets popular and it gets passed on, uh, and, and that's what it was. The 95 team was the majority of them was sophomores. Okay. They never wrestled. So our average team, our team experience, that 95 championship team was 2.5 years of experience. Wow. And we took the, the sectionals that year. Those guys came out their sophomore years and their senior years, they just, they flowered. And uh, like I say, Scott, uh, at the end trip tournament, he, he lost to um, a kid from uh, Sweet Home. Kid teched him in the first period. Oh wow! And then he ends up seeing him in the semifinals at the sectionals, and Scott beats him. What? That's what got him the MVP, and he went on to win the match in the, the finals and took the sectionals. So it's a uh, that, and that's what that that team there. Um, it, it's just a nucleus of guys that says, "Hey, let's all go off for wrestling," and they did. And right now, um, Coach Wally's got a the same thing he's gelled that team together up there and it's a bunch of younger guys and it's it's uh gonna do some damage they're gonna have fun yeah you know they're gonna be nt's gonna be he's putting them back up there and i know he wants to do all the things i wanted he wants to get him ranked he's got his bars set like any coach good but he does have a good gel of 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 guys that are are sticking together and then in, that they'll be there. He's got a heavyweight that's a, uh, a junior this year. He's going to be back next year. That's uh, got. I think it's got a shot for state. Yeah, he's a, that's awesome to hear. So, um, yeah, it's it's just uh, that's what you got to do. You, gotta, you just got to keep them together, uh, and and keep the keep your practices positive. There's so much negative going on. Oh, when you are kidding. It's, it's almost like a. Uh, a relief zone for kids when they can come up to a practice and get away from all the uh, the rat race that's going on. Yeah, you, know, you so. aren't kidding. So it's a fun thing. Some of your favorite memories over the years, being a uh, you know being a coach, you know maybe 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 you know a, a kid succeeding, you know hitting hitting his own personal bars, or a you know just a really triumphant victory like you just mentioned um, at. At sectionals, you know, some some of those kind of stories. Well, golly, that's, I'm sure you got a bunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where do you start? Um, but the, I guess the best stories are the hardship stories that uh, of kids that 
that came up there not knowing anything about the sport and, and shy and with no confidence and, and just building that all up and getting self-esteem and character all, all tied up in one little package. And, and, and that story uh, is Ian Snyder. He, he, was a, he was a lightweight. He was on the championship team, placed sectionals. And he went on to college uh, at K-State. And now he's a uh, works for the, the city in Stockton, Kansas. But um, that's what he was, a little guy. Uh, he had nothing going for him. He had no sport, other sport. You know, he's, he's going to try. Dad brought him up and wanted to try out wrestling. <laughs> he had the best sit-out into a Granby role. And, and, and then he, he did sit-outs into Peterson's. Uh, he, he was unbelievable underneath. Yeah. He, he was a fun kid to watch wrestle. And uh, just just kids like that, uh, taking a sport and then just turning his life into fun. Right. Uh, there's a lot of stories like that. And then there's, uh, like I say, uh, Tony Kuhn. Um, uh, that, that guy, he, he came on. He was strong at the end. He wrestled Hutchins from... Uh, 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 we feel Hutchins was a good wrestler, but that night Tony uh, just uh, just took care of him, and uh, Tony was on his way, and then uh, medical condition hit him, and he couldn't go on to state, and he should have been a state champ then. So it's over, uh, and he goes into the army. He calls me up. I'm out in Kansas. He said, hey, coach, I'm at Fort Riley. I'm in a freestyle tournament. I go, what? He goes, yeah. He says, he says you want to coach? I said, yeah, I'll be out there. I'm only an hour away. Yeah. And he says, I'll be out there. He says, it's a two-day tournament. I'll be there. I'll be there. And so I show up at the Fort Riley. It's in the tank corps out there. And uh, the first day, he wins. So we get into the second day. And he gets into the finals. He's got the guy that won it the year before. And he's losing 4 nothing. Take, I think he hit him with a head and arm. He took him to his back, and he pinned the kid. Really? And it was over. So the AD from the Army says, hey, how would you like to join the Army traveling team? You know? He says, yeah, I'd love to. He said, well, can, I, can you get something from your coach back home? He goes, this is him right it's here. It's him right there. <laughs> so I sat down, and he joined the team. He ended up beating the second ranked in the nation. He was an All-American with the Army and a uh, uh, two-time bronze star in Iraq. And today he's been coaching a, a, a powerhouse over there at, at the Niagara, Niagara Wheatfields Wrestling Club. Yeah, I always and see him. just feeding that program yeah. with great wrestlers. In fact, uh, uh, we even benefited with one of his wrestlers coming to NT. Oh. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. What has been your your coaching philosophy over the years when it comes to dealing with kids? Like, what is your I mean your core belief when it comes to you know just I mean mentoring them essentially the practice room wrestling? What has been your your philosophy? Well, honestly, it's just really basic. It's have fun. Yeah. Because if you don't have fun at anything you're doing, I don't care if it's work or a project. If you're not having fun, it's not going to go well. And it's going to be tough, and you're not going to enjoy it, or you're going to quit it, or you're going to. So, bottom line, you need that ingredients of fun in your in your practice. Coach Dave used to start our practices out with a joke. 
<laughs> in fact, he would say, anybody got a joke? We start to practice with a joke and then go to practice. Really? Just to crack, like just crack the ice a little bit and everybody gelled together with a laugh. Okay, all right, boys, let's go to practice. And they're laughing as we're going, getting ready to go to practice. It just kind of puts a, a good spirit into our practice. And, uh, but our practices were hard. You know, we had the sharks. We did all that good stuff that you do. When you, and, and, but we never, uh, we, we weren't, didn't do much weightlifting. At, uh, we didn't do it at all. Uh, we, we didn't have time for that. Right. Our thing was mat time. So everything, conditioning, we didn't even do jumping jacks. We didn't do any calisthenics. Oh, really? No, we just went. Our, our, our calisthenics was a 10 takedowns, 10 single legs, 10 you know, full, full blast. You're getting your exercise. Right, Trust right. me. We did do a little stretching at the first. We stretched out. That's the only thing we did was stretch out. And then we would go into uh, takedowns and stuff. No calisthenics, none of that, no weight. Just hard wrestling. You know, six-minute matches, two nine-minute matches at the end of practice and all that good stuff. But, um, no, it was it's to have fun in practice. It was just to keep everybody upbeat, keep their confidence going. I never said to a kid when, at, at practice when he did a move wrong, you, know, you did that all wrong, what the heck's the matter? I always said, that wasn't bad, but let's try this. Right. You know, you always kept it up. And because, uh, man, that kid is trying. He is. He yeah. doesn't hear this. Because that's the first thing. Man, coach. I'm trying. I know you're trying. I know it's new, you know? And that's why I says, and, and like Dan Gable, what did he say? That you got to do a move a thousand times before it comes natural. And he's pretty much right on. And that's why I'm telling these kids, I say, right now you're saying a lot wrestling. I said, we're going to become technicians. And we're going to have to drill this stuff over and over. And drilling was a big thing. And situation drilling was a big thing. But drilling was big. It, 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 and it, it, you had to drill. And you had to do situation drilling. Um, uh, that's to get it impregnated in their minds. Uh, so when that whistle blows, because you, you know it, you've been there. As soon as the whistle blows, it's almost like stage fright on, on a stage. Yes. You know, uh, 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 what am I going to do? Terrifying. It's got to come neutral, natural. And uh, the feel of the guy on you has got to where he's at. It's got to come natural where you want your hips away from mouth, whatever you're going to do. So you're going to have to learn to think, like I tell these guys, welcome to the club. you got four <laughs> hands now. Right. You don't have just two. <laughs> You got four, <laughs> and so we got to think like we have four hands. So it's uh, it, it's all fun, it's all fun doing it. And, and the guys love the practices. Uh, we never had problems with uh, anybody wanting to leave. In fact, we had back in the nineties, we stayed a little bit too long, and the parents were coming to pull them off the mats. Oh, really? <laughs> say they, hey, they got to come home. They got to get do homework. Then you can get away with a little bit of something like that, but. Uh, but not today. Not today. No, no, no. What's the um, – I asked Kristen this yesterday. What's the biggest difference between wrestlers, you know, when you were in high school or even when you started coaching to to kids nowadays? Absolutely nothing. No? You know, you know uh, honestly, uh, I hear that a lot with coaches and stuff. Um, man, these kids today. Yeah, that's you know, my favorite and, phrase. And, and, uh, Instantly, I'm shaking my head inside. I, I don't uh, debate this, really. Um, but there's nothing wrong with these kids. These kids no, are no, no, no different than the kids in the 90s, no different than the kids in the 60s. They're kids. It's the parents. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm going to get heat for that. Oh, that's but okay. the bottom line, aren't, we, aren't the parents responsible for children? Yeah. Or aren't the, isn't that who rears these children or sending these kids off to school? And these teachers are doing their job of 
They've been doing the same job they've been doing since we went to school. Right. That hasn't changed. Maybe there's some uh, media stuff or some laptop stuff that's different. But teachers are teachers. And parents are parents. But the parents are uh, – um, there's uh, – the parents have a lot – they got a, a bigger problem today than back then. It's because it's a little more simpler then. Because of the competition today with laptops, with iPhones, the communication that, that you can get out there, it's tough for, for parents. And I get that. But um, there has to be a sense of direction somewhere as far as uh, scruples or, or whatever comes down the line in respect and, uh, and, and focus. Uh, set a drive set for something. Um, but... Uh, 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 I, I think, I, bottom line, I think kids are growing up a little too fast today. Yes, and uh, and that's uh, just my opinion. Uh, but it's it's. Can you blame the kid? No. No. So it's not the kids. No. It's not the kids today, and it wasn't the kids back then. It's uh, we have to take us parents have to take responsibility for what kids are. Right. And that's what kids are today. Well. Parents got to take responsibility for it. But you know what? As far as coming up in that wrestling room, once that wrestling starts and that practice starts, that kid and that practice is no different than when I was in the 60s and when I coached in the 90s and when I coach now. Those practices are no different. They're all grunting up there. They're all sweating up there. Right. You know, they're all, all beating each other up. They're all wanting to eat. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, they're all saying, oh, I've, I got two more pounds to lose. You're hearing the same echoes you've heard for 40 years. So nothing's changed when it comes to wrestling. Right. But the kid itself, when he's off the mat and in those classrooms, yeah, there is a little bit of change. But it's not the kid's fault. Right. That's all I'm saying. Absolutely. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, and lastly, you know, as a coach, what do you want to see? Um, I mean, do, do you want to see – do you encourage a lot of off-season? Uh, you know, do you, have you always – since you come back and, and you know – Clubs and all this have been very, very evident. Um, big advocate for off-season work? Absolutely, for those that have nothing else. Right. For those that just love wrestling or just committed to wrestling, yes, take advantage of it off-season. I don't want to see any kid in the street. So, I mean, technically, at that age, honestly, just like in school, how many different sports do we have in that school? Kids really need to do three sports. In school, this is your one shot in a lifetime to have it, to enjoy a chance to be on three different teams, three different sports, and enjoying that camaraderie. But um, but you do have kids that are singled out. Uh, Troy Keller was a lover of, sport, of of wrestling. He committed his whole life to wrestling. He, that's all he wanted to do. Well, God bless him. He was happy doing it. Right. So do it. But he wasn't in the streets, was he? No. He was in the gyms. Well, the same thing. If this kid doesn't want to wrestle all year, please go play baseball. Please go play football. Please go play basketball. Do a sport. Right now at this age, I just want to see him doing sports. But if they come to wrestling, my arms are open and we'll, we'll take care of that. No, okay. But uh, at this age, I just would like to, and I think parents should encourage, and in the high school should encourage their kids to go off for three sports. And not just single out one. Right. I I think they're just missing a, a whole lot of memories. Um, and we do have kids that are in school that are like that, that uh, are committed to one sport. Okay. Uh, and that's okay. But, you know, and if, if uh, and believe me, if that's their wish, that's fine. But 
I just really think that kids should really do three sports. You know, I didn't do three until my senior year, and I was like, man, I really missed out. <laughs> I really did. Uh, you know, my fall sports always kind of switched. I went from volleyball to football to finish up with cross country with Coach Izzy. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought it, like, broke broke up the year a little bit. I loved wrestling. You know, I'd go and do – the you know the off season workouts one day a week two days a week and I still have these other sports though to kind of really break up the monotony in a way and it, it made me I could probably more focused or made more hungry for uh, well, food wise too but uh, just more hungry to, to to wrestle you know what I mean once we got that point once that sport was over with okay now I can you know focus on it again well see you have that in there I love to compete. That's in a lot of wrestlers. Yeah, and that and that's how that, that works out. But um, you're tall. You can play volleyball. I'm a short guy, <laughs> and, and there's a lot of guys that are short with wrestling. That's another advantage to that sport. Uh, there's a lot of guys, that we, and we have different weight classes, so everybody can be a hero in this sport. No matter if you're a big guy or if you're a little tiny guy, you can be a hero in this sport. And that's yeah. what I like about it. I can tell you a real quick story, real quick. Uh, oh, please you do. Be it. I come walking up on a UB basketball player at a, at a wrestling tournament there, there in the hallway, and I, I looked up at him. And, I mean, I had to look up, and uh, I said, "Hey, you and I got something in common." He goes, "Yeah, what's that?" I said, "We're both the tallest in the family." <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Everybody's gonna be tall. <laughs> See, that's why you make so many friends. That your sense of humor. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Oh, it's fun. <laughs> the whole whole coaching career and the whole coaching family in Section 6, I love Section 6. I mean, I'm an NT Lumberjack guy. There's no doubt about it. I'm an Oscar Smith wrestler from uh, uh, Virginia, no doubt about it. But um, when you go to state and, be, uh, and represent Section 6, Western New York, now you're in a whole different family. Yeah. And I'm telling you uh, – it is. It comes. Uh, coaches that you are in the corner against all the time uh, are, are closer to you than ever, and, and you're cheering each other on. I mean, it, it, the chills still go through me of going to state and that sense of feeling of being with the Section Six coaches uh, in wrestling. And that I love Section Six. I love the coaches of Section Six. I, I, I'll do anything for these guys, uh, and they're, they're, I'm so so proud to be part of them. Um, the camaraderie, like it's, like they displayed with Scotty, uh, Coach Scapoletti, uh, and uh, Lockport uh, donating to Scotty's jacket, and Coach Lamb, and uh, I mean, they came from out of the woodwork, and and uh, that's just how Section Six is. And I just love Section Six. So yeah, I'm an NT guy. I'm an NT coach, uh, but uh, I, I'm I got a big heart for Section Six. I love it. Lastly, you're. Um the first time you sat in the state finals chair, what was that emotion like for you? Um, I was scared for uh, um, Paulson. I mean, uh, uh, Paulson, I actually, I think he was seeded number one in that tournament. I mean, he was undefeated all year. Uh, his toughest match was his first match. And that kid, that's the only match that kid lost. Right. Uh, um, and took third. Uh, but I was I was. I was kind of scared for Paulson, and I was just worried about him getting a half thrown on him. Uh, he, he tends to let that happen, and he did. If you ever see the YouTube video, they have it out there. Oh, it is online? Yeah, it's online. Okay. Um, the matches, yeah. Um, he got hit hard 
with a hard one. And I, you could hear me yelling, elbow in, look away. Oh. And finally fought that thing off. Um, he won that match and won the state title. But uh, being in that corner, and I was in that corner with my twin brother. Uh, uh, coach Dave was a high-tech coach and um, uh, the best. And I felt very secure sitting with him because he was a great troubleshooter. Right. And uh, I, one of the best I've ever seen. And uh, so I felt confident in the corner. I felt we had this. Um, but he just had to, you know, not get caught in that half, but he did. But then uh, he fought it off and won the match. That's awesome. Did you kind of experience those emotions, too, when you sat with or for Troy as well? Oh, that. yes. Troy. Um, you know, with Troy, it was even um, – hey, uh, not in front of them – but when I left and got home, I probably cried for an hour for Did Troy. He worked. He worked real hard. Since he was a little kid. You know, uh, Dan, he came into it. He was gifted and uh, did it in a couple years. Troy, day in and day out. Worked year in and year out since he was a kid for that. So, yeah, I have a soft spot for him. Good kid. Absolutely, Coach. Yeah. I want to thank you once again for uh, inviting me in your home oh, and welcome. talking with me. Uh, this was this was a treat, and I got to learn a lot about you and your experiences. And, you know, when I announced that we were going to do this episode – there was just so much respect that poured out for you. You know, everybody had, you know, nothing but great things to say about you, you and your character. So that's a huge testament to you. I, I appreciate you for everything you've ever done for me, um, whether it be, you know, big hug, seeing you, or some, hey, coach, I need some wrist tape at this modified meet. You were there for me. So I just want to let you know that I appreciate you and everything you've done for myself and for, you know, the wrestling community. Yeah, we got a big family, and I love it. Yes, we and do. I'm glad you're part of it. And thank I, you for letting me, uh, let me join this uh, uh, conversation with you, and it's been a lot of fun. Thanks. It's oh, so much fun. We'll have to do this again sometime if you're up for it. Okay. <laughs> All right, everybody. That does it for this episode of the Section 6 WrestleCast. Next week, uh, I line up an interview with my old high school coach, and I'm really excited to do it. Me and Coach Martinez will be talking uh, we'll have that interview for you as soon as we get it all recorded and edited. But I just wanted to thank you all for your support. We're going to go all out this season. Like I said, I want to try and interview as many important figures in Section 6 wrestling uh, that I can until the season gets going and, and you know everybody starts getting crazy busy with results and matches and tournaments and all that good stuff. But that does it for me. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.